to Very Amusing, your one-stop shop for the stories, secrets, and shenanigans of a popcorn-fueled theme park journalist. I'm Carly Wiesel, and yes, you read that episode title correctly. I went to Disneyland Paris. Why? Well, you're about to get a much longer answer to that question than you probably anticipated. We're going to discuss all of it this week, but I want to stress from the very top that this was not a frivolous escape. If you don't happen to follow me on social media where I'm constantly talking about COVID-19 and personal safety and how important it is to get vaccinated, I'm not dropping my suitcases at your proverbial podcast door to gab about a fun little jaunt I took. I specifically visited Paris because Paris is safer than home. You see, nearly everywhere you go in Paris, museums, restaurants, cultural sites, airports, train stations, they all require you to show proof of vaccine, antibodies from a recent case, or a negative test within the past 72 hours. Something referred to as a French health pass or pass sanitaire. Want to, I don't know, stand outside the Notre Dame Cathedral to see the construction? Pack that pass sanitaire. Want to go to the Louvre? Pass sanitaire. Hope to eat a bowl of ramen or sit down for breakfast or even grab a quick cappuccino at an outdoor cafe? They're going to check your pass sanitaire, even if you're dining outside. And at Disneyland Paris, the restrictions are even tighter. Adults cannot step foot onto Disney property, the parks, the hotels, the downtown Disney Village District, without showing that pass, obtained through proof of vax, negative tests, or having COVID antibodies. By next week, the same will apply to everyone over the age of 12. And on top of that, visitors six years and older have to wear a mask at all times. Everyone, those kids, employees, guests, are required to wear masks indoors, outdoors, on rides, everywhere. And they do. And it's seamless. I flew to Disneyland Paris because of this. I had to see it firsthand because there's truly nothing more they could be doing to be safe. They're checking vaccine cards and tests, requiring masks outdoors, requiring masks indoors, social distancing on rides, and it's heaven! It's heaven! As someone who is admittedly very concerned about COVID-19 on a daily basis, for me, it felt like Disney magic could finally exist in its pure form when I was essentially unburdened by concern. And speaking of Disney magic, the same goes for Disney Cruise Line sailings that have vaccine requirements and testing in place. It's as close as we can get to once again feeling like the before times, and it's incredible. Oh, and by the way, uh, when you dine anywhere at Disneyland Paris, there's a bottle of self-serve hand sanitizer on the table everywhere. Cafes, lounges, bars, restaurants, just a little bottle. Oh, I love it so much. So that's why I went to Paris. And that's why I didn't tell anyone. Because I wanted to explain myself before you saw a random photo of me in the parks or with Goofy or on a ride with no context that looks out of step with how seriously I'm known to take this pandemic. I know, a lot of my online presence is fun little posts and silly little quips about caramel corn and vending machine eggs and Gelatoni being the best Disney character, which obviously he is. But as you know, I take my work very seriously. I was confident I made the right decision to go there before I left, and I'm even more confident now that I'm home. Considering how contagious Delta variant is and how mask mandates vary from state to state and that vaccinations still aren't required at that many places, encouraging any form of travel outside America right now is highly frowned upon. And as a travel writer, 
It's been a mess of a couple years, to say the least. I never before had to consider ICU percentages and COVID levels in wastewater to predict the future safety of the counties that theme parks just happen to be located within. But that's my job now. I literally write about that weekly. But here, here was something I hadn't experienced before. A foreign location that was open, available, responsible, and most of all, safer than where I'd be flying from. And for the first time, it made me want to travel again. And I couldn't find a genuine reason not to. I went to Disneyland Paris because I knew it was safe, but it also matched my personal level of safety. And it was the best decision I've possibly ever made in the past decade. I have never felt better, safer, happier, and more normal in those few days in Paris than I did over the entire past 18 months here in the States. Because of that vaccine mandate they have, now over 80% of France is vaccinated. 80%! Meaning that if you're in one of the rare locations in Paris where they don't check it, like a big department store or on the metro, most people there are likely to be vaccinated. And oh yeah, they're all gonna be wearing masks because they wear masks indoors everywhere period. It's unlike anything I've ever seen, and I'm so happy to be able to tell you all about it. Now, I am not in Paris anymore, I'm back home, but if this one sounds like a pile of hot garbage left in the summer sun, that's because uh, I was down to the wire due to travel and jet lag and five other deadlines I shouldn't have done but juggled on top of walking nine miles a day out in the park, so I wound up uh, due to a time crunch of my own creation, editing this episode myself. And on top of that, we've got a perfect storm brewing with multiple houses being constructed out my window. Hope you can't hear it. A lack of skills to know how to edit that out. And this real nasal tone to my voice, aided, of course, by me forgetting multiple energy medicines back in America that I couldn't fill there, needing to use a double dose of nasal spray when I fly internationally, and the post-travel congestion that comes with that. So just in case a random troll is listening to this, because again, this is my life now, I am healthy, I am fine, and regardless, I will be taking COVID tests every 48 hours for the next 10 days. I'm just here to apologize for the subpar audio that I'm providing until those sweet, sweet stylings of Jeff Fox return next week. Oh my god, I miss him so much. So with that, let's go on this podcast's first ever international trip to Disneyland Paris. Okay, you know that feeling that everyone knows something that you don't? For me, that used to be Quince, but no more. Quince is a truly astounding retailer, essentially carrying everything a person on your mood board would wear. We're talking washable silk blouses, chic leather bags, 14 karat gold jewelry, European linen dresses, and the best part of all is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They're up here with $50 Mongolian cashmere sweaters. $50! Beautiful, timeless items you can wear and actually live in. Meaning, you don't have to be scared to bring them on your theme park travels. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And if you're sensitive to retailers like I am, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. But it's not just your everyday work-life clothes. They have everything. I recently joined a new gym, big deal for me, and desperately needed new workout clothes to wear there. It's kind of like an LA gym. It's like 
like it kind of got to look cute. So I ordered a pair of their Ultraform bike shorts and high-rise pocket leggings. And when I tell you, the quality of these leggings is truly on par with brands I paid three times as much for, which really kind of makes me love these three times more. I'm not only going to buy them again, but actually buy the other travel stuff in my cart because they have things like beautiful pastel suitcases for 129 bucks and these wildly affordable compression packing cubes that I have been waiting forever to buy compression packing cubes and they're always so pricey and here the price fits. So if you want to get ready for work, your new gym, travel, anything in your life, go to Quince. Quince.com slash amusing will get you free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Ooh, that's nice for someone who puts stuff off like I do. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash amusing to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash amusing. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Bonjour from our Disneyland Paris special episode. We'll get into the details and logistics of what it was like to fly, transfer a vaccine card into a French health pass, and be in Paris itself. But we're doing dessert before dinner as we begin with a short primer on Disneyland Paris. It's home to two theme parks, Disneyland Park and Walt Disney Studios Park, which are situated across from each other similar to Disneyland and Disney California Adventure. Basically, easy peasy walking distance. Their downtown Disney, called Disney Village, is the gateway for both hotel guests and those coming in by train, which is about a 40-minute journey from Paris's center. And there are truly loads of hotels to choose from, all of which are huge. Huge! Disney's Newport Bay Club, similar to Disney's Beach and Yacht Club at Walt Disney World, is convention center-sized, as is Disney's Sequoia Lodge, a dead ringer for Disney's Wilderness Lodge that I physically gasped at upon seeing. This trip, I obviously had to stay at Disney's Hotel New York, The Art of Marvel, a recent retheme to the 90s hotel that debuted this past June, and it was spectacular. They do have a crown jewel hotel, though, and it's a Grand Floridian-style doozy. The luscious pink Disneyland Paris Hotel is my kind of vibe, but is currently undergoing a renovation and is not open. Side note, do you remember back to our Bob Baker Marionette Theater episode? In that, we mentioned that two of Bob's original puppets, themed to Snow White and the Evil Queen, are featured at Disneyland Paris, and they're here, in their lobby in showcase boxes. Well, I couldn't see them this time, but they're there. They're there! What sets this hotel apart is that it sits atop the park's front gates, offering unparalleled views from select rooms into the magic. It's worth adding that the castle, too, is also undergoing a renovation, in anticipation of the resort's 30th anniversary celebration, which kicks off in March 2022. Again, if you are thinking about going, I have a friend who booked a trip for that and got quite a deal, so it might be worth looking into. Now, once you enter, it's clear that Disneyland Park, hands down, is Disney's most beautiful. It's filled with gorgeous designs and intriguing lands and rich landscapes. And in my opinion, the most beautiful take on princess fantasy by way of the waterfalls and whimsical cube-shaped trees behind its castle. But the resort does have some particular idiosyncrasies. 
idiosyncrasies, which we will get into in the course of this episode. Landwise, Disneyland Park is somewhat similar to what you know, but also quite different. Counterclockwise from Beyond Main Street USA, we've got Discoveryland, a Jules Verne steampunk-inspired twist on Tomorrowland that only exists here that, like at home, leads up to and around to a stunning and large fantasy land. From there, you can proceed over to an immense, sprawling version of Adventureland and Frontierland that are similar in theme to ours, but way different in build. The left-hand side of their park is huge. HUGE! A big old treasure trove of walkways and winding paths you can kinda get lost in. And I, as you'll soon hear, quite literally did. Walt Disney Studios, on the other hand, is more like Disney California Adventure, and experiencing some of those pre-Cars Land growing pains all the same. With a hefty amount of space annexed for expansion with an Avengers Campus, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, and Frozen-themed lands on the way, you basically just don't turn left. One little very cool thing that makes the construction worth it? Their version of Rock and Roller Coaster will actually be rethemed to be Iron Man and exist within their Avengers campus, but the park leaves a lot to the imagination in its current form. Entertainment is largely halted due to COVID-19, which leaves just a handful of rides and kind of haphazard lands. Generally speaking, things are very, very different because of COVID, as well as a visible lack of tourism, with Disney Village shops mostly opening around 5 p.m. But the park experience as a whole is bliss. I cannot emphasize how great of a time I had, how safe I felt, and how happy I am that I went and can share all of it with you. So come along with me on a trip to Disneyland Paris. Can you believe after a year of this podcast, we're finally doing one that's outside the country? Oh my God, it's been so long. It's been so long. Okay, okay, let's go. Bonjour from Disney Village, where I have just arrived after truly 24 hours of travel, I'd say. Uh, I already checked into Disney's Hotel New York, The Art of Marvel. I have so much more to say about that later. But first things first, I just got to tell you, I went through the security check as you enter, similar to, you know, both resorts in America, except that here they check your vaccine card. I have a QR code, which I was able to exchange a picture of my vaccine card and information about myself to get a QR code within the French app. So I have the French version of a vaccine card now and they, they scan it when you enter and just entering and knowing that and having masks be required, it already feels completely different. And I'm very into it. Oh, do you hear that sweet old Main Street USA music? Because that means, yes, 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 I have officially entered Disneyland Paris. I've made it, I've made it. I honestly can't believe I'm here before I bought a magic key, before I go to Disney World for the 50th. I'm gonna ride Ratatouille in Paris before I do it in Epcot, it's very, it's too much. It's too much for my brain to handle. But the one thing I need to record before I move on and actually get on a ride is that this, this park is bliss. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, this park is bliss. Uh, masks are required outdoors. And not only that, but it's the middle of the freaking day and Main Street is empty. Main Street is empty, 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 empty. Uh, this is the theme park experience I've craved for so long. I could truly cry about it and I cannot wait to go on a ride. I can't wait. I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe it. I am at the Boardwalk Candy Palace, 
where, oh my gosh, I forgot about this place. They have meringues shaped like Mickey. They have cappuccinos, which I'm definitely gonna get. Okay, 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 let's go inside. They had a selection of chocolate covered long marshmallows, long like, they look like little like Snickers bars, but it's just chocolate covered marshmallows. And I realized, I, as someone who stands the marshmallow wand, Disneyland Paris is my park, you know what I mean? In America, when you order a marshmallow wand, all your friends make fun of you. If you're me, everyone's like, why do you want that? You're gonna be out of your mind in an hour and then you're just gonna crash. But alas, Paris gets me. They understand a meringue. They understand a marshmallow. I just got my first glance at the castle, which is currently undergoing a lengthy refurbishment before Disneyland Paris's 30th anniversary, which is next year in 2022. But I gotta say, it looked different online. It looks way better in person. When you're in person, there's these kind of like card uh, covered facades. I don't even know how to explain it. It's uh, basically a photo of the castle on different layers of cutouts. So it looks a bit like a jigsaw puzzle. But for some reason in person, it does just enough of a trick to make your brain think it's really there because you can see a couple of the turrets hiding behind the facade. So job well done. I thought we were gonna get here and be so disappointed, but truly, <laughs> this is better than a crane. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, okay, first things first, we gotta talk about rides. This is the first time we have done Disneyland Paris here on Very Amusing. It's my third, third, fourth, third trip. And there are some standout rides that just have to be discussed. The major one to me is Big Thunder Mountain, a lengthier version of what we have back home that's situated on an island, an island of its own within Frontierland. It is the focal point of that entire area, and oh man, oh man, does the ride itself deliver. There's a rickety Indiana Jones outdoor coaster that's not my favorite, and here Space Mountain has inversions, full-on loops, with a Star Wars hyperspace overlay. But the other biggie is their take on Haunted Mansion called Phantom Manor, which retains some of the haunted iconic moments like the stretching room and the ballroom scene and the graveyard, but builds out a new, entirely different Frontierland-based backstory throughout its shared and original scenes. There are other cute Fantasyland swaps too, like with Casey Jr. Circus Train being a full tram coaster that's super idyllic. It's so cool. And It's a Small World, one of my very favorite Disneyland Paris rides, is so much more vibrant and colorful and more immersive by region than the versions we have back home. Walt Disney Studios, the second Disneyland Paris park, debuted the great Ratatouille the Adventure, which we will officially see at Disney World's Epcot next week, while Crush's Coaster, the Grease Two of attractions is a real love it or hated vibe and listener i love it i love crush's coaster it only exists here and at its core it's just an extremely straightforward indoor spinning coaster where there's four seats on a circle and it spins around as you move on the track but the finding nemo theme really makes it feel like you're riding a turtle shell through the east australian current with a little pop outside so passersby can see what it's like it's fantastic the story and the ride vehicle really come together in this harmonious way to offer a wonderful attraction experience and anybody who says otherwise is not telling the truth and better yet Plenty of attractions here are in French. Here's a little taste of everything. Hi, folks! It's me, Maestro Mickey! Time to put on 
opera glasses so I can get this show rolling. how big Thunder Mountain at Disneyland Paris is a level up from the other parks. Holy cannoli. I gotta say, even though I just got off board, I was just on this ride. I have no, I have no idea how I got to the center portion of the ride. Like clearly one of the dark tunnels we were in went underwater or something honestly i'm standing here dumbfounded staring at big thunder mountain as an island for part of the ride at least there's phantom manor i see the rest of the park but i don't know how it got here <laughs> it's truly um an unbelievable imagineering feat blessings to tony baxter truly uh blown away by big thunder mountain here and i've been on it before i've been on it before and still it just hits so hard here. There was a part at the end where it went so fast that my brain actually thought, oh no, is this coming off the rails? Which is kind of the entire point of the ride, to feel like it's just a loosey-goosey ride and anything could happen at any moment. Oh my God. Five stars, five stars. Oh, wow, that was good. Welcome, curious friends. It is so nice to have guests. Nous sommes ravis de vous accueillir, humble mortel, dans ce mystérieux manoir. Our tour begins here, in this gallery, where you gaze upon the sweet innocence of youth. Kindness to all away and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. I didn't mean to frighten you prematurely. Venez 
donc vers la connaissance de la future mariée dont la beauté vous donnera des frissons. We just got off Phantom Manor, which we went on twice now, and I reread the story behind the attraction right before I got on board. And I gotta say, uh, it was much scarier today, uh, knowing just being refreshed about what the story behind that ride is because it ain't Haunted Mansion. It's about, oh God, I don't even know how to paraphrase it. It's about this daughter of this man and the man is the phantom and then he invites all of his ghastly friends and it's just real scary. That's the big takeaway. It's real scary and it's raining out and it just feels spooky and I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta get a warm Starbucks drink to get my mind off it. I have just stepped foot into Walt Disney Studios Park and I gotta say a rainy, a rainy day is befitting of this place. I do love it more and more as the years go on for being just so absurd and charming in the way that it's absurd. I remember the first time I came and I walked through the soundstage entrance. I didn't love it and now as everything is so new around it and worldwide, I really appreciate the old school touches, I'm not gonna lie. We are beelining straight towards the Ratatouille area, but it's just, it's so wild to come into a park that feels vaguely familiar, kind of like Disney's Hollywood Studios, and to walk in and see a, a, a Walt Disney statue and behind it, nothing, because it's under construction. So, so extremely wild. <laughs> Yeah, you were very scared of this ride. I loved it. It's a little dizzy, but I love it. Was it, would you go on it again or is it too scary? I would absolutely go on it again. <laughs> Mama approves. Disney Genie will be replacing Fast Pass at both Disney World and Disneyland Resorts in the near future. But Disneyland Paris's version of it, called Disney Premier Access, is already up and running. Disney Premier Access allows guests to skip the line, Fast Pass style, for eight attractions, each offered as a la carte individual purchases that range between 8 and 15 euro, or 9 to 17 bucks per person per ride. It's not cheap, but it is most comparable to the a la carte Lightning Lane options to be offered within Disney Genie, of which we do not yet know the pricing. Here's what I'll say. It's offered at Disneyland Paris with limited availability, and the price point is just high enough where not too many people are going to be tossing money at it, making sure the standby line moves quickly while the Fast Pass line is just adding in a few folks here and there. I don't anticipate this to be similar to Disney Genie Plus, which is more like Max Pass and will have much more people through the queue, but we're getting in the weeds there. These are different parks that are run differently. All in all, I'm just saying that maybe the a la carte lightning lane situation is going to be pretty good because this was a positive experience.
I'm doing Premier Access for Big Thunder Mountain Railroad and they just opened a space in the queue for me. This is worth every cent. We are just blowing through the entire Pirates queue and it reminded me that this park's wait times have been easy breezy. Granted, it is a weekday. Granted, it is September. It is no longer summer. But everything has been extremely manageable. Even something like Peter Pan had listed wait times of 20 minutes. The longest wait time I've seen the entire time we've been here is 50 minutes for Crush Coaster. I think that's nothing has compared to that. Maybe it's 45 now, but still it's been it's been very easy and very, very nice. So I also can't get over the fact that how they check the fact that they check vaccines and negative tests upon entry makes everything easier. It makes boarding an indoor ride easier. It makes everything just feel better. For the most part, queues at Disneyland Paris looked longer than they were. I think because they're prioritizing the outdoor portions of them. French people are, I'm not going to lie, fully ignoring social distancing. <laughs> But I laugh because it's it's okay. I wasn't scared for a single second within that park. Me. Me. I wasn't concerned. Because here's the thing. They're checking people when they enter. And on top of that, masks are required everywhere. Even outdoors. Even while walking around. Even on all attractions. Something no American theme park requires at this moment. 18 months into this, if you're immunocompromised, if you have unvaccinated young children, if you have people in your life you need to stay healthy for, or you, like me, are so ragey about all of this still, when you see someone's nose poking out of their mask at home, you probably feel your blood start to boil a bit. Here, because compliance is so high, because the requirements are so vast, and because there is such a high bar simply to enter the park, that anxiety goes away. I noticed myself having that reflex and then realized their little nose sticking out while walking through Fantasyland, they had to be cleared before entering, which currently no American park requires, and they're wearing a mask outdoors, something no American park currently requires. So even if people, as they tend to do, squirm their way around the rules, it's already two steps ahead of anything back home. And that's really what sets Disneyland Paris apart, particularly right now, as we have vaccines available for adults and teenagers, and we round the corner of a second year in a pandemic. Disneyland Paris, stricter rules, stricter entry, and a safer park experience. That being said, I do want to add, I know many people are vaccinated and feel great inside American theme parks, following the rules laid out and not wearing masks outside, and that's great! I don't mean any of this to be shameful. Vaccinated people should be able to walk around maskless. They earned it. That's why we did it. But just want to serve a larger commentary on how, in these modern times, top-level government mandates and rules really shift a theme park and city experience. I see so many people every day in my DMs and in my Facebook group so concerned about what it's like to be in American parks right now when masks aren't required on outdoor attractions and social distancing is gone and there are a lot of crowds there. And I just want to honor both sides of the coin for people who are being responsible, getting vaxxed, staying safe, and following the rules because the rules at the parks allow you to do some of these things. So no shame in this game, just want to say that up front. I only want to provide a view of what it was like there and how their safety standards meet what I personally am looking for. 
Though the queues may not be social distanced, attractions themselves still are. I was never sat next to a stranger, seats are skipped between parties, and in attractions like Mickey's Philharmagic and Phantom Manor, guests were assigned to specific locations to stand during pre-show moments. Truth be told, I didn't think or stress or worry myself with COVID-19 for almost the entirety of my trip. The weight that was taken off my shoulders because of these rules was extraordinary. This job of mine has changed so significantly since March 2020, and to be able to do what I do, visit a park, explore what's new, and report back on it to help others have a better experience was everything. I finally felt normal for the first time in a while. I finally felt like I could do my job without compromise, and it was exceptional. And I decided to bring my mom along with me just so I wouldn't have to go at it alone. Here's a little taste of Audrey in the Parks. So getting my mom on Pirates of the Caribbean is a whole situation. She just asked a very nice cast member named Michal uh, if there were dro- how many drops there were on here, and he said two. I thought he was going to laugh at her for even asking, but there are indeed two drops and she just said it's good it's good we'll go on I'll toss my cookies I'll be fine as though she's gonna she's gonna vomit from pirates you're fine I'm gonna up Chuck for sure (laughs) oh my god (laughs) update she did not puke because it is Pirates of the Caribbean. I feel good. I did well. I held my breath and then I blew out slowly so I didn't scream. So she didn't scream on Pirates. So she didn't scream at Pirates. <laughs> if you're curious about character meet and greets, they are way different at Disneyland Paris. Instead of distanced appearances that you can watch and snap a photo with, you can kind of actually meet them here. They've utilized spaces all throughout the resort for these style of meets, with Daisy greeting guests inside a Nautilus walkthrough attraction and a former show stage repurposed as a Star Wars meet and greet. There are some, but not many, cavalcades or modified parades, and characters are always distanced from guests and in their specific space. But there are these green dots that guests can stand on and remove their masks to take a photo. It's really nice, I gotta say, to have those restrictions in place, but also have a maskless photo with a character that looks pretty normal times and not having to fret about it because everyone's checked on their way into the park and wearing masks otherwise. PhotoPass is stationed at the ready, but interestingly, cast members still cannot take your phone to take your photos, so a lot of selfies are to be had. I met Chewbacca. I even met Darth Vader in an old school inside meet and greet like they used to have at Disney's Hollywood Studios before Galaxy's Edge, which was wild. But listen ahead for the ones that really shook me. So character meet and greets, here's the deal. As of recently, if there is a green dot, you can stand on it and take your mask off and take a photo with characters. I just did the cutest meet and greet with Chip and Dale. Oh my goodness, it was wonderful. And I'm so happy that I was able to take my mask off for a a special little photo with them because as an out-of-towner, I'm probably never going to see them again dressed like that. We're running, we're running, we're running to go see Western Goofy in Disneyland Paris. I'm out of breath because my mom just showed me a photo of Goofy dressed in the most unbelievable Western outfit. Okay, so we're going to go from bottom to top. He's wearing what looks like bowling shoes. They're red and white, and he's wearing fur 
chaps like like sheep made of like sheep hair i don't even know what they are but they are furry and they are fuzzy and they're ridiculous and they're held up by a studded red leather belt oh my god goofy's also wearing a green plaid shirt a yellow suede vest and a red kerchief so yeah this is the character i would want to marry because he looks mwah, perfect hungry for more let's get into the grub food has huh, never been disneyland paris's strong suit and surprise it still isn't they're known for restaurants just randomly being closed and not having a lot of options and that was pretty much the same this go around considering i once spent 60 dollars at a restaurant called waltz up on top of main street on a burger that came with nine fries nine fries nine i give you my well-researched opinion when i say the food here is not exactly on par with the domestic parks but that doesn't mean there weren't treasures to behold popcorn shocks to be had and the one thing i never thought i'd see in a disney park that was absolutely perfect pull up a chair and let's get eaten there's this really cool section of the Disneyland Paris app where they suggest kind of like seasonal, cool, can't miss foods. One of them of which was a Darth Vader waffle, which I was very stoked about. And I just went to the restaurant that they sell it at. Well, not a restaurant, it's a quick service little counter. And they were like, no. <laughs> so it's in the app and it's like, you have, you can't miss this Disneyland Paris exclusive that doesn't exist. I just walked past a restaurant called Fuente del Oro and I had to stop in my tracks <laughs> and let you know what is on this menu. Now, I have not been here for some reason. Maybe it wasn't open when I've been here in previous trips, which is just a regular thing that happens. But there are so many interesting foods here. Okay, we got cheese stuffed jalapenos. We got Doritos and melted cheddar sauce. We got chicken balls don't know what that is vegan chickpea ball i guess that's a falafel but it sure don't look like it but most of all most importantly there is a frozen margarita for eight euro you got that right with alcohol just i can just be drinking a frozen margarita walking around disneyland i'm gonna go on big thunder mountain and i think i might get one after just because i can just because i can as though this is the world showcase and not Disneyland Park. I'm going to drink just some tequila-filled margarita walking around. Oh, wow. Really living my best life. Also, by walking around, I mean nervously standing in a corner, scared that someone's going to yell at me because you're not supposed to walk around, and I love to follow rules. So I will truly just be standing in a corner drinking it, not walking around, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Not going to lie, y'all. Having a frozen margarita with real tequila in the middle of Disneyland is transcendent it's so good it's so good some heartbreaking news coming at you is that my favorite snack at disneyland paris which was the pick and mix candy is due to covid completely gone we just walked past a popcorn stand and boy oh boy do i have some news for you so here in paris popcorn is six dollars fifty euro it is Basically, I think that's about $7.50 American dollars for a container of popcorn. And here's the burn that a popcorn bucket, which is 10 euro, refills are the same price. You do not get a discount for refilling a popcorn bucket. That's savage. That would never, ever be allowed in America. Though they do have this, which I wish we had, wish we had popcorn and a cold drink for 8 euro. So you get a discount on the drink. 
that's pretty cool, but um, not cool at the sake of a popcorn refill for $6.50. Oh my God. Hi, hi, hi. I am back. Uh, also just breathed in a cloud of cigarette smoke, which uh, it's atmospheric. I enjoy it. Uh, that it equals out to be that container of popcorn equals out to be seven dollars and sixty cents american can you imagine if you went to magic kingdom and you went to buy one carton of popcorn and they were like that will be almost eight dollars oh my god i have waited until the very end of our visit to get a handmade crepe and i cannot wait my options are crepe with sugar or nutella and a hot or cold drink i'm gonna get a little espresso I'm gonna get a, a, a crepe with Nutella. This lovely woman is going to hand make it for me. I cannot wait for this. I waited the whole trip for this and it was worth it. We have reached the end of our glorious vacation together. And I, I hope this provided you a bit of insight, a bit of escape, and a bit of a little Disney treat in what has been an unbelievably strange two years. I wish I could have taken you all along with me and hopefully this suffices as something similar. So here is a little bit more of the Disneyland Paris magic. It is our third and final day at Disneyland Paris. I've never been here for three days before. Usually I just come for two, but we're doing it all. We're doing every attraction. I'm eating every character-shaped shortbread cookie, and it's been great. The weather has been pretty bonkers. It's cold and raining in the morning and then hot and humid and sunny as could be during the day. But it's, it's been real great, and I'm excited to go back in and do all the attractions that I haven't done on this trip. Maybe get a ring. We will see. We are doing Disneyland Paris's version of extra magic hours today or early entry where they give hotel guests an hour in the park before it opens from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. And we came here and realized that most of the things we wanted to do before 9.30 a.m. actually didn't open until 10 a.m. So that was a bit of a goof on our part. But regardless, it's nice to be in an empty park. We took a Main Street vehicle, which was super, super fun. And we're just kind of kind of waiting until Casey Jr. opens because the version here is so special. It's raining pretty hard here in the park, but we just walked from Fantasyland almost to the front of the park underneath a covered walkway that was totally in theme. I had never noticed it before, but I, I guess it exists for situations like these and I am so thankful for it. It was just a whole collection of awnings that you walk under and it made like a semi-covered tunnel. Brilliant design work. Well, it took me a few years for it to happen, but I am officially lost inside in Disneyland Park. I have no idea where I am. The left side of their park is very confusing. That's it from Disneyland Paris. We had an awesome time. We did 
everything. We did everything. We did everything twice. <laughs> it was a blast. I'm so glad I came here. I highly recommend other people come here too. I know it's tricky. I know it's a whole thing to leave the country right now, but I feel great here and I wish I could stay forever. I wish I lived close enough to hop a train, hop a metro and come here whenever I wanted. It would be a dream. So all in all, 10 out of 10, great trip. Oh, and there's princesses. What a good omen upon leaving. Princesses in the rain, no less. talked about my utterly wonderful experience at Disneyland Paris, we're going to talk about the nitty gritty of getting to Paris and how to actually visit the parks. A ton of rules changed right when we left, but to start at the top, both vaccinated and unvaccinated Americans and their children can still enter Paris, but it's not going to be fun for the unvaccinated group. Fully vaccinated travelers from the U.S. are able to enter with proof of full vaccination and a sworn statement that they do not have symptoms and have not been in contact with anyone who has COVID-19. Good news for folks thinking about going during the holidays. According to current regulations, minors under the age of 17 can be accompanied by fully vaccinated parents or guardians for entry into France. So if you have kids and you want to go soon, you should be good. Travelers coming from the U.S. who are not fully vaccinated have to provide a compelling reason for travel. Seems like a work-based form that you're not just going to chow down on croissants and take Eiffel Tower photos, but I don't know any other details. They also have to present a negative COVID-19 test, take a test upon arrival in France, undergo a seven-day self-isolation, and take a PCR test at the end of that isolation. Basically, it's no fun if you're unvaccinated. And if you can be vaccinated and haven't been, what? Go get vaccinated, please! Come on! But again, those are the current stipulations. Your CDC card is acceptable for entry at the airport, but everything in Paris and in France revolves around the Pass Sanitaire, or scannable French QR code showing proof of vaccination or recent test that functions as your health pass, and is really required to do pretty much anything. I'm not going to go into too many details here because it is all constantly changing. Interested parents, be sure to check for kids as well because those regulations are constantly changing. But I'll link to the website for converting your American COVID card into a French health pass, etc., etc. Check out the link section of this podcast for more. Things are changing so frequently that the website I'm going to link to didn't exist when I did mine just a few weeks ago. When I did it, I emailed some random email address with a bunch of screenshots and hoped a QR code would appear in my inbox. It was kind of wild. But anyway, if you goof on the card conversion, no worries. You can always get a rapid PCR or antigen test, which will give you a QR code that's valid for 72 hours. You load that into this app, the Two Anti-COVID app. I don't know how to say French words without a comical accent, but if we're saying the English way it would be TUS, T-O-U-S, anti-COVID, and boom, you're ready to go and hit a cafe or the Louvre. The cool thing is there is walk-in testing throughout the entirety of Paris. Not like here where you go to a Walgreens or you have to find a pop-up clinic. They truly have pop-up tents run by local pharmacies and most major intersections and street corners where for about 20 or 25 bucks, you can have test results back in 10 minutes with a scannable QR code that functions as your pass sanitaire. And trust me, you will need that pass. I cannot emphasize this enough. Restaurants, even for outdoor dining, popular places, museums, sites, cafes, cultural spots, even like an art exhibit that just took over the Arc de Triomphe, they all require pass sanitaire. 
And I'll add, mass compliance is quite literally not an issue in Paris. People go inside, put on their masks, and move on with their day. We did a lot of department store shopping because the department stores in Paris are these ornate, stunning historical buildings. It's essentially like walking around a museum, even if you don't buy anything, just to see the beautiful stained glass domes. Oh my god. But I digress. I would say within the every visit, I saw one person total across the entire trip who did not wear a mask indoors. That's it. Bliss! Bliss! Nowhere is better than Disney parks, though, because you cannot step foot inside Disneyland Paris, even its hotels, without showing your past sanitaire, making it safer than the very safe city already. As for the flight... I won't lie, it really wasn't fun to sleep in a mask. No fun at all, but so incredibly worth it. Because they checked for vaccines prior to departure, and because our plane was nearly empty, it was the safest feeling flight experience I've had since the pandemic began. And since travelers are required to have a negative COVID test taken within 72 hours to return to the U.S., I realized while on board that it makes for such a nice extra layer of security. The flight from Paris back to the U.S. probably is filled with more vaccinated people than a standard American flight. And with the test on top of that, it probably was truly the safest flight I may have ever been on, period. For the sake of clarity and not to omit anything, I will mention that in the weeks since we planned our travel, the U.S. deemed France a level four threat. And honestly, guys, it's not reflective of the actual situation there. There were a couple news stories here in the States about protests, about the QR codes, but I never saw a single one. Not one. Never saw somebody boldly refusing to wear a mask. Never saw someone giving anyone a hard time about the past any terror. Nada. And we went to Paris and to Disneyland and saw absolutely none of that. I saw a protest recently of about 75 people near my house in Los Angeles who were anti-vax in California and not a peep in Paris. A whopping 81% of France is vaccinated. France, not just Paris. Their ICU occupancy is at 36%, and that's so far from the reality we live within here in America, where one in 500 people have died of COVID, and ICUs nationwide are beyond full capacity. So things there are, generally speaking, much, much better. Still, we seemed to hit this time where everything was quiet and easy and there weren't really a lot of American tourists there. I spoke with the flight attendant on one of our flights and they told me that because French citizens were not able to easily visit the U.S., flights have been as empty as ours was, about half full. That rule changed, I think, a couple days ago because I believe in a month French citizens can now travel between the U.S. and France much more easily. Honestly, it's been a whirlwind. <laughs> but if it was just a limited time thing, I'm glad we got it because it was a wonderful surprise. That goes for all travel details in this podcast, by the way. If I recorded this about five days earlier, things would have been different. So please, 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 no matter when you listen to this, if you are thinking about traveling to Disneyland Paris, please be sure to check out all the current requirements and restrictions yourself if you happen to want to go. I wasn't able to get into Disney's Hotel New York, The Art of Marvel, and all of its many incredible details in this week's episode, but stay tuned because that will absolutely be covered in coming weeks because I cannot wait to tell you everything about it. The one and only Marvel Hotel! It was incredible, it was incredible, I can't wait. But I'll have to put a pin in that for now. If you have any other questions, you can always find me on social media. You can call into the Churros hotline. I would be happy to answer them. And thank you so much for joining me on this little Parisian journey.
we'll be back with Churro's Calls next week, but I wanted to mention a small update to an Epcot mini mystery that has now been solved. I was told by folks in my Facebook group, thank you to all who chimed in, that those little Mickey signs in the Epcot resort area that we thought were probably for a private event or a corporate team building, those were actually part of a scavenger hunt for cast members staying at the resorts. So it was a little bit of like a fun... Thank you for doing a good job and working so hard. Oh, I love a tidy conclusion and I love to support cast members. So there you have it. We have but one call for you this week. A very, very on-brand celebrity sighting that I'll just let play out as is. But next week, we will be back to normal with all of our calls. Enjoy this little beauty. Hi, Carly. My name is Kelly. I love the podcast, and I just wanted to call in with an embarrassing yet funny story related to last week's episode. So, well, I guess last week, but I'm listening to this, but I just listened to the Foreign Around the World deep dive. Love that episode, and I have a very funny story about none other than Patrick Warburton. So, I was working in Destin, Florida at a condominium front desk, and I check in guests that sort of thing, and we had somebody check in for a holiday weekend on the beach and checked them, checked them in, got them their keys, made sure they were all set, and after they left, I turned to my coworker, and I said, why does that guy sound so familiar? You know, you talk to these people on the phone all the time, but I don't know who that was, but he sounds so familiar. And my coworker goes, Kelly, that was Patrick Warburton. And I was like, no, because you're only used to hearing his voice, and I did not realize that's what he looked like. This was years ago, so I blame my young uh, naivety on that. But just wanted to share a funny yet embarrassing story. So thank you so much. Love the podcast. Keep doing what you're doing. And have a great day. Hey, y'all. Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. for listening this week and thank you to my mom for coming along on a wild journey that wound up being the best thing we've done I don't, to date seriously I I don't think I've mentioned this here I've mentioned on social media but I have been in physical therapy for a few months I hurt my back right around when Disneyland opened which I don't even remember what month that is at this point because my my uh, life calendar goes by theme park with banner moments but I have really just not like physically been able to walk a lot and we went we walked an eight to nine miles a day a day and I was completely fine which makes me think that the reason I was having so much it just so so many physical issues was because I wasn't going to theme parks for a week every month which I'm shocked by but regardless I feel great I'm so happy we went and I'm so thankful that I have a mom who is as game and filled with as much energy as I am so thank you thank you for coming with and getting me back into the work saddle 
You can find Very Amusing wherever you get your podcasts. If you haven't yet rated or reviewed us on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. It helps new people discover the podcast, lets them know what shenanigans they're going to be privy to, and allows them to hear that without me having to promote myself. Because clearly, I am not good at it, as you can tell from this segment of the podcast each and every week. So if you can hop on there, rate, review, and follow us, that would be fantastic. You can find Lil Old Me on Instagram and Twitter at Carly Wiesel. My Facebook group, The Fomily, can be found at facebook.com slash groups slash Carly Wiesel. And yeah, I think that's my entire internet presence. Why did I, why do I think there's another one? <laughs> there's not. This episode was clearly edited terribly by Carly Wiesel. That's me, someone who shouldn't be editing a podcast. Oh my lord, I cannot wait for Jeff Fox to return and work his magic next week. I'm so sorry, Jeff, that I blew our deadline and had to cobble this together on my own because it it really, it took like a whole all-nighter stretch. But regardless, uh, I did it. It came out in its final form and I can't wait for you to return. You're the best. Oh, I can't wait. Thanks so much for listening. See you real soon. Hi, honey. It's mom. I loved this Duffy episode. Oh, my God. I have him on my bed. He's so cute. I love him. I am so excited about Lena Bell. I want her so bad. And if you see her, grab her first for me. Anyway, Charlie and Eva were wonderful, and I really enjoyed your podcast. And Charlie says the sweetest things. It's so adorable. All right, sweetheart. Another great and fun episode. I can't wait until next week. I love you so much. Bye. It's day two. We just entered Disney Village from our hotel. And this is what my mom just said to me. I said, aren't we going to Universal today? And then what did you say? Oh, we are here in Universal? (laughs) 